UPN Tuesday on an all-new Buffy. Girls are really falling for bad boy Spike. Let's go. Is that a steak? Will Buffy be next? No, you want it. Oh, you're jealous. He can be a naughty sucker. Plus, special musical guest Amy Mann. Welcome to the Orbs of Nezlika, and also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its rich familiarity 20 years ago. That's a joke. Uh, and this week's episode is <laughs> Season 7, Episode 8, Sleeper! We'll be talking about the plot, we'll be talking about the characters, and we'll be talking about culpability. So spoilers about for this episode, every episode before it, after the comics, and probably other shows and movies. We're podcasters of the night. We're probably out podcasting. I did it. I did it so fast and so loud. You're welcome, America. All right. Hello, and welcome back. It has been such a short time since we were all together last time, and who are all we? My name is Kelly, and I'm here to talk about Buffy with my wonderful co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. Energy. Hello. My other co-host, Daniel, say hello. This microphone, they did to me. I couldn't help it. But the podcast, I got it on my own. Oh, for you. For you, dear listener. For you, my dear listener, yes. Uh, And we're all here to talk about Sleeper, which originally aired on November 19th of the year 2002. It's November 19th right now. Uh, Written by none other than Jane Espenson of Jane Espenson fame. 20 of 23 for her. Last was Conversation with Dead People. Hey, that was just last episode. Mm. And the next one will be First Date, episode 14 this year. Co-written... By David Fury. Mm. 15 and 17 for him. Last was Grave. Next will be Showtime, episode 11. So just a couple from now. Directed by Alan J. Levi. Or possibly Levy. I'm going with Levi. This is the one and only episode of this show that he ever directed. This dude has so many credits. No feature films. But he's directed one or two episodes of like 70 different shows, including ER, NCIS Los Angeles, Hercules, the Kevin Sorbo one, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, Quantum Leap, Magnum P.I., Miami Vice, The Incredible Hulk, the Lou Ferrigno one, Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic Woman, and Battlestar Galactica from 1978. His longest stint. Oh, old one. Yeah, the old one. The, I think it only had one season. Wow. Uh, his longest Most stint, of what you just listed is now been rebooted. I know, right? Almost every one of those shows has been rebooted. Yeah. As of 2022. So um, incredible stuff. It just all comes back. I wonder if good old Levi was out there. No, he wasn't because I looked at his credits. His longest stint was 22 episodes of JAG. And his last credit. Oh, yeah, JAG. Remember JAG? Wasn't that like a uh-huh. military lawyer show? It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, his last credit was a 2015 TV movie called Supernova 45. You want to know what Supernova 45 was about? Yes, you do. Ganymede Pan, an elite space pilot gone AWOL, is hunted down by the cunning and captivating General Ty, who manipulates him into tracking oh. down a golden boy, trained to control a substance which is the ultimate weapon of mass destruction. Generic sci-fi movie plot. So there you go. Mm-hmm. But General Ty. I like the name Ganymede. Saul Ty, yeah. That totally is a nod Salt to that. Time. Come what? on. What? Oh, uh, Saul Ty, General Ty, was a guy in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I've never Frack seen Cylons. Um. Anyway, that's that guy. Stacia, tell me what happened in this episode. Yeah, tell us about season one of Jack. 
<laughs> Give us a plot synopsis of season one of Jack, please. And thank you. Our hero, <laughs> Danny Mead Pan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's hot on the trail of the golden boy. <laughs> a army criminal. <laughs> He's going to persecute him to the fullest extent of the military. <laughs> what does, doesn't Jack stand for? It's like attorney general, right? Oh, probably. Like, Something. Just, yeah, because they're justice. Justice Attorney, Attorney General. General. I know, that's what I thought. Ah, I just, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm sure lots of people watched that show. So I'm At sure the they time, know. yeah, I don't think it's on, like, streaming, though. Like, I don't know where you'd find it today, though. Judge it's like Advocate General. Judge Advocate General, okay. Uh, Obviously. Gotcha. Okay. Wasn't well, that what um, Tom Cruise is, like, you can't handle the truth? I think he's a Jack officer in that movie. Huh. When he's doing the, you know. Yeah, sure. Well, Jag officer. I think that's what he is. Jag that sounds ten really seasons, two hundred twenty-seven seven episodes. It was on for it was on forever. When when did it end? Two thousand like ten or something. Wow, that late. Uh, it went for nine seasons to two thousand five. Two thousand five. I always thought this was like a show with heavily heavy Christian themes for some reason. Because when I was a kid, I had friends who were like very very Christian, and they would they loved this show. So I just assumed it had something to do with with Jesus. I don't know. (laughs) I have to say, I've never heard of the show in my life, but I'm so glad we're starting a podcast about it. You're a soldier. I quit the government a long way back. We're not government. We're army. Just like you. Please tell me about Sleeper, please. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Buffy bursts into Xander's apartment because she's worried Spike is killing people. We cut to Spike burying a dead body and humming early one morning. Meanwhile, in London, if such a place even exists, a man finds a broken vase and calls for Nora. A woman, Nora, maybe, is lying on the floor. The man is attacked by another man, but this one is different because he has on a robe. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Willow bursts into Buffy's house looking for Buffy only to find the house completely destroyed and Dawn clutching a pillow. Dawn and Willow discuss their visitations that night, which if we all remember, they all saw ghosts. They did. Yeah. Conversations with dead people. It's the same same night. night. It's the same night. (laughs) Buffy. Wow. (laughs) Buffy and Xander discuss whether Spike's chip could be malfunctioning when Spike gets home. Buffy name drops the vampire she slayed that was sired by Spike to get no reaction. With Xander off to a big client meeting in a suit and a hard hat like you do in construction, I guess. The robe Anya in to do some Spike sitting. Buffy finally arrives home to find Donna asleep and Willow warning Buffy about the big bad. bad. Buffy is suddenly wondering if maybe Spike isn't killing people. Well, Buffy hopes it's not true as with the previous season, Buffy is once again gearing up to kill one of her friends. <laughs> Anya decides so to do a bit of snooping in Spike's room looking for a necklace of teeth or some other proof he's a serial killer when Spike wakes up. Anya had no choice but to try to come on to Spike. Awkwardly, while holding a stake. When Spike turns her down, Anya is genuinely hurt. <laughs> Whoever said that human turned demon turned human turned demon turned human relationships with insult vampires weren't complicated. Spike leaves and Anya tips off the team. <laughs> we see Spike walking through a very crowded street. He passes a man playing a mouth flute thing. I could not remember. Harmonica? The- I could not remember the word for harmonica. <laughs> I just loved it and went on. I was like, I can't. No, no, mouth flute thing is great. I I will point out that a flute also uses your mouth. 
it, a regular flute. Just a regular flute is also a mouth flute. You could call true. it a mouth harp. A mouth harp. Mouth is harp. Fine. Yeah, that's actually like an alternative name for it, isn't it? Harmonica. You okay. know what? You're right. Do you think I have the capability? <laughs> We're working on very low, very low functioning at this point. <laughs> I love mouth. It's flute almost Thanksgiving, thing. so you're good. Don't worry. Yeah, about we've got the Thanksgiving crazies as you get. You know. <laughs> God. Okay. He passes a man playing a harmonica. The tune suddenly changes to early one morning, and Spike picks up the tune. Buffy sees Spike through the crowd, pick up a woman, and lead her into an alleyway. The woman is apparently super horny from waiting in line and is ready to do it right in the alleyway when Buffy comes up and eggs him on. Spike puts on his game face, a.k.a. vamp face, and Buffy says, there's my guy, as he drinks her blood. Spike realizes what he's done, drops the corpse, and runs off. Buffy transforms into Spike and says, how could you use a poor maiden so? Normal. Cut to Spike asleep again in bed to find real Buffy accosting him about whether he killed the girl from last night. Spike is disappointed that Buffy doesn't understand how deep and haunted he is now that he has a soul and reminds Buffy what he did. What what he did it. Yep. Why he did it. Buffy vows to get proof that Spike is back on the juice. Spike looks at his pack of cigarettes and then has a flashback to a woman he exsanguinated. Xander tries to stop Spike from leaving, but Spike punches him and heads out anyways. Check mark in the column for Xander is useless. <laughs> Spike goes to the bronze looking for the woman he killed because reasons. Nora. He goes up in the loft to moodily drink from a flask when a woman comes onto him. She vamps out and Spike is terrified because reasons. She accuses him of seeing her only as a one-bite stand when he refuses to kill anyone with her. They fight while the band below jams out to a guitar solo. Spike stakes her and she falls over the rail to dust on the dance floor below. Spike calls Buffy and he says he's starting to remember. He gives her an address and then hangs up to him find himself. Uh, a phantom? Chiding, for, chiding him for calling Buffy. Buffy arrives and comes down into the creepy basement. Spike confesses that he's killed a lot of people recently. Whoops. <laughs> the Spike phantom begins singing our favorite little tune. Real Spike vamps out and attacks Buffy. Fortunately for Buffy, they're fighting over a graveyard and baby vamps all begin popping out of the dirt like daisies. <laughs> so many. Two baby vamps hold Buffy for Spike to creepily lick her wounded arm. He then flashes back to everyone he's killed before falling into the corner. Buffy quickly dispatches all the other vamps and while phantom Spike taunts real Spike for being a loser. <laughs> Buffy looks down at Spike with a, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed face. Spike asks Buffy to kill him, but Buffy refuses when she realizes that Spike has been seeing things. Spike asks Buffy to help him. Buffy justifies not killing Spike to the Scoobies. She says that Spike has been closer to the big bad than anyone, and she needs to know what he does. No. Back in London, oh yeah, remember that scene? <laughs> we see Giles, he finds the woman who is still unconfirmed as Nora, as well as the unrobed man. The man whispers, gathered them, when the robed man comes up <laughs> comes up behind Giles and swings a large axe. Cut to black. Bravo, very You're well done. I know so much now. <laughs> yeah, really oh, yes, I feel, I feel like, you know, I watched this episode a bunch of times, but I feel like I really saw it now. Like, yeah. uh, that's really in there now. You're Thank welcome. You. I don't know, Creature of the Night, Buff. He's probably out creaturing. Richmond's own Amy Mann is the only musical guest on Buffy the Vampire Slayer to have any speaking lines and the only Oscar nominee to perform on the show. If you think you don't know who Amy Mann is, you're probably wrong. She first gained fame with her 80s pop rock group, Till Tuesday. You've likely heard their 1985 hit, Voices Carry. Hush, hush. Keep it down now. Voices scary. You know that song, right? I don't think so. Are you totally We literally, on the way back from somewhere, I was like, this is going to be relevant, and you don't know why. Remember this moment, because that song yes, we're going to talk about. That's right. <laughs> and I do remember that, because it was, it was on January, what was it? 
January 8th at 11.25 p.m. <laughs> no, it can't be because it's only November. That's right. I was on the way back from Kendra's. Uh, yeah, hang on. 11.25 p.m. The 9th. The 9th. On 11.25 p.m. Wow, this is really important. Really specific. I know. Wow. There you go. <laughs> uh, you may have also <laughs> known Amy mm-hmm. Mann from her giant solo hit from 1996, Wise Up, which was featured on the Jerry Maguire soundtrack. But it was her 1999 single, Save Me, from the Magnolia soundtrack that was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, which, by the way, she performed at the Oscars that year. Unfortunately, I guess, if you really like Amy Mann, the song Save Me lost to You'll Be It My Heart from Phil Collins from ah. the Tarzan soundtrack. Amy Mann may be an Oscar loser, but in 2018, her album Mental Illness did win her a Grammy for Best Folk Album, so don't feel too bad for her. Okay, but how does her single, her 1999 single Save Me go? I know I sang all the other ones. I don't really know. It's like an acoustic, sad piano song. If You've you've probably heard it, too. It was, it was huge. Girl in of the In this episode, Amy Mann performs two songs from her 2002 album, Lost in Space. This is how it goes in Pavlov's Bell. That's Amy Mann facts done. Cynthia Bergstrom, Buffy's longtime costume designer who was hired on CSI Miami sometime between season six and season seven. So she was not actually in charge of the wardrobe for the final season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That has absolutely nothing to do with this episode specifically, but I wanted to issue a correction to our help episode because I blamed Cynthia for putting Sarah Michelle Gellar in that $2 white tank top, but it wasn't her. It was her replacement, Terry Dressbach. So she is to blame for all of the ills of this costume Don't you season. mean Terry dress bad? I might. I, I might. Oh. I might. If I was more clever, I, I would mean that. We're not on Maple Court anymore. The shots with previously unseen Sunnydale stores and Club were filmed on the boardwalk near Venice Beach, close to Mutant Enemies sound stages. Purple for love. We're just blasting. I'm not giving you any warning. We're just moving on. Purple for love. Spike was rocking the Billy Idol look at least as far back as 1977, and Idol's punk band Generation X formed in 1976. So, there is definitely a case for debate over who wore it first. All that matters is that Billy Idol's real name is William Michael Albert Brode. In the script of, of Sleeper, early one morning, the song that tri- triggers Spike is actually I'll Be Seeing You, which was written by Irving Cahal, Cahal in 1938. Billy Holiday's recording seems to be the definitive version of that. The first was going to sing slash hum, I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places that this heart of mine embraces. I don't like that as much. I know. I think they did well to uh, do the early one morning. Set. It's, I don't know, it's like creepier. It's like, a, like, you know, it's a nice song, but Billy Holiday has a great voice, so it's like doesn't seem as creepy. I don't know. Anyway, facts. Yeah. I said them all. Thank God. Proud of you. It was basically just Amy Mann facts, but, you know, we have them now. I used to tell the truth all the time when I was evil. Stacia, please tell me what you thought about this episode. I think this episode is okay. You know, right before we recorded, and I did say this on our most recent episode, it's like, why don't you, you know, what if I give you warning, and then you you'll, you'll know what to say, and then right before we recorded, mm-hmm. I was like, maybe you should think about... What do you want to say about the episode? She was like, no, I won't that's, be doing that. That's not actually what she said to me. What she said to me was, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you first if you liked this episode. And the answer is, As- it was okay. 
Oh my God. Okay. Daniel, <laughs> what did you think about this episode? This episode was very boring. Uh, how is Sunnydale this full? How does no one hear the screams of this poor girl? I feel like they could have, honestly, should have cut up this entire thing out. This should have never happened. Mm. I think the top of the show should have been. Buffy confronting Spike. Like that scene was pretty good. In in the everything with mm-hmm. with Sarah Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller and uh James. I'll just call him James because we're on a first name basis. Uh <laughs> everything with them was was gold, you know? But it's like it's this is a clear case of we have a cool storyline we need to work through that we've been leading up to really well. But unfortunately we have nothing to offer around it. So we're just going to do some bullshit. And this mm-hmm. is a bunch of fucking bullshit i really hated it but then again if you were to cut it down like i say what the fuck would they do so i might i advocate basically moving these as b plots into other episodes with other things going on the worst thing really is dragging amy man into this episode didn't need to happen and number two is this for a jane episode jane episode it is not funny i i didn't laugh i I laughed one time you know when i laughed when he dusted the girl and the band stopped and then Amy just brought it back. Mm. When Amy started playing again, <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. That was so funny. <laughs> Unintentional. Jane did not write that bit, I guarantee you. Everything else was so, so, so dumb, so boring. And I would say so doomed. And they are so bad at double writers. And yeah. this is a great example of a bad episode to me in that case. I agree. Yeah, this was this episode was like... Beyond the cliffhanger in the last 20 seconds, which why I will say was excellent because I'm like, it's what nuts. the fuck? You didn't like it? I liked it. I totally forgot. I don't even know how I was going to get out of that. He's like literally dead. He's <laughs> literally know. dead. And if There's he doesn't die. coming down on his neck. If he doesn't die in the next episode, I'm calling bullshit. So be ready. Well, see, we're really not supposed to know if he's dead or not. Like they play with that when he comes back. Mm, so. Okay. Um, so beyond that, which I did think was great, this episode is kind of like a nothing burger to me. Spike's killing people. Oh, JK. You know, it's the first making him do it. So we already know the first is bad and he's been messing or the first been messing with Spike. So nothing really revelatory happens at all. Uh, I think maybe we're supposed to be really invested and shocked that Spike is killing again. But like, I don't know, doesn't really do anything for me. Um, I mean, I know he's in sold now, but he's still like a vampire. And like, again, he's been tortured this whole season so far so i don't know uh station were you super invested in spike killing were you shocked where did you have feelings were you upset um like the first time i watched it sure if you can remember that far back well because this time i knew that he was (laughs) (laughs) fair enough (laughs) i don't remember (laughs) fair enough i don't think it's that shocking to think that spike would kill people but it also it just seemed kind of like why like you went and you got a soul you have a chip like what what are you doing this doesn't seem like he has any actual motivation to so it never felt that compelling that he was actually like all of a sudden evil now right yeah i guess that's what it is yeah that's a good way to put a fine point on it i don't know daniel were you like oh no spike what's going to happen (laughs) no i think that's my frustration is like they've done a really good job i think at like showing us that the first is tormenting him so if we were to be told and we we really did just get a montage of all of his killing they didn't show any of those right so like They could have just, Mm -hmm. they've kind of been selling us on this the whole time. And if you could have just rushed this like story beat without having to write a whole episode around it on just, hey, Spike's doing bad things, but it's the first that's prompting it. 
we would all believe it because he's being tortured by him. He's almost killed a person. Remember, he stabbed him like, and then he came, became the worm, right? Oh, right. Whatever. Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or whatever his name was. Um, yeah. yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. Nice. So like, we've already seen that he's capable of it. It's cool that they talk about the chip and the soul thing and like, you know, for the whole lore of his soul and the chip and shit, I guess you, you have to talk about it in the show. But again, I just think the show has already given us enough. I think it's another case of like kind of beating a dead horse. We just kind of keep going. And that's kind of what I'm frustrated with. So him killing. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fucked up, obviously. But I just assume it's the first and turns out it is the first. So, yeah, it's. I, I feel like you're probably right that it, this didn't need to be in this episode, but it must have been like a pacing thing, right? They must have been like, these are the season beats for revealing the first. So we got to fill this time. This is kind of we have 22 you know? episodes to do. Like this is this yeah. is this is wrecked and smashed. These are like the slogs of the of the year where it's pretty much like, hey, we just need you to get this point. Well, we have a free episode to really hammer it mm-hmm. home, and so we get we get that every year with Buffy though. It's always these yeah. kind of things in the middle of the year that suck. So we mm-hmm. just have to strap in because we can't kill the big bad until the end. So what do we do? And them that? talking about the big bad too. I just find it to be like wild. Where Willow's just sitting there like the big bad, Don. This is the thing. Do you know you're coming. on a TV show. Like what is this? Yeah, what? That was tough. So that kind of stuff also just it took me out of it. it was just, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, you already mentioned that you were not a fan of this, and I agree. Uh, man, I hate playing vampire towns. I will let you know in my notes. I wrote man, M-A-N-N, because I Amy Mann's last name is man, M-A-N-N. So I made a pun there, and I need everyone to know that How I did it because are. it's, yeah, it's a visual gag, and this wow. is an, an audio medium. Man, so, I man, I hate playing vampire man. towns. What do you think about the fourth wall-esque comment? Uh, Daniel, you hated it. Stacia, what did you think about it? <laughs> I think it's funny. Yeah? Yeah. I, I think it begs a lot of a lot of issues. Yes, I agree. Um, That's what I wanted to ask you about. Because it appears that everyone in Sunnydale, aside from our little, you know, troop of friends, is completely oblivious to the fact that vampires exist, and especially people that should know better, like the police. Um, police? And so for a random touring band to know all about vampires and no one within the center, epicenter of vampire life would know, problematic. I agree that it brings up some interesting questions. Cause, so it's like, okay, so Amy Mann knows vampires exist, right? She's a well-traveled, well-toured musician. I think it's cool that like she exists in the world. Like I like the idea of Amy Mann <laughs> existing in the world, knowing that vampires exist, and just be like, I don't care. I just, I'm just here to play music. This is not my business. <laughs> That's great. I like that you guys but took like, it literally. What do you mean? Well, I mean it's not a it's not a saying, but if you were to say you know a zombie town or something, I the way that I took it is you know it's like a I don't think that they know that zombies are real, but it, I mean I think mm. that they're saying like a dead town, right? I mean if if I said oh, I these zombie towns or something, it would be like a sleepy town or a dead town or whatever. But I didn't really understand this the, is, the vampire. This is That's not a after... common saying. But this is after we see a woman fall off the balcony and turn into dust right did, in the middle of her set. Did they see that? See, that's what I was confused. I yeah, didn't. I mean, everyone stopped and looked. Yeah. And then she just started playing again. I would She's call like, the Not police. Not the first time. <laughs> I just, well, like, yeah, there you go. It's. <laughs> I think. Police. I think Amy is really like negligent here. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that she meant vampires. Like she knows they exist. Yeah. She watched that happen. We all just watched a vampire fall down and turn to ash. I love. Well, that. Well, that's why it's like. Okay, so everyone knows. Amy Mann knows. She just pointed it out. 
Mike, I'm curious if she knew that Sunnydale was a vampire town before they got there or just realized it upon seeing the vampire. Like, was she like, God, we have to go play Sunnydale. That's where all the fucking overwhelming vampires. I hate that place. Or was she like, oh, this will be playing my sweet Sunnydale gig. And then, ah, oh, damn it. I hate vampire towns. What do you think? Do you think she knew Sunnydale was full of vampires coming in? I want to believe that she knew. <laughs> Daniel, you're still not convinced that no, she no. <laughs> meant vampire she, Why would vampire, she, literally. Why would Amy Mann, who has won awards, come and play at the fucking bronze? Okay. Because okay, she, but she did. There's clubs. But she did in this. There's clubs. We saw another side of Sunnydale. There are big venues. There are clubs. There are thousands of people. Why would she come here? That's my. Because the charm for yeah for the charm yeah, maybe for the, for, for the <laughs> all of the incidents that have happened at this place. Again, maybe she loves it. Maybe she is a vampire hunter herself, and she is just coming around, you know, just to soak in the. The atmosphere. I don't know. I don't know what Amy Mann gets into. I love that too. She's you know musician by night, Ooh. vampire slayer by later night. You know, like that's, oh, what if she got called up? You see, thing. that would have been cool if she's one of the potentials, and she just shows <laughs> up. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm musician Amy Mann. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to help you. <laughs> Buffy wouldn't even know who that was, so it would like all fall flat. It's true, because she has no personality. Oh, shit. So. I mean, that's basically what happened in this episode. Hi, I'm musician Amy Mann. I'm here on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, God. Um, I I noticed in our last episode the like um, WB teaser thing where it was like you know this week on Buffy she's scamming on Don's boyfriend. Um, uh, it said with special musical guest the Breeders, and I was like, I wonder if Amy Mann gets a little shout out here with special musical guest Oscar nominee Amy Mann. Oscar loser Amy Mann. Oscar loser Amy Mann. Future Grammy winner, current Oscar loser. Amy Mann. <laughs> All right. I think that's officially enough talk about Amy Mann for this episode. I hope so. <laughs> it wasn't in his control, which is a weird way to say that Spike shouldn't be held responsible for his actions. Or should he? Does it matter that Spike was being possessed slash triggered whatever by the first? I mean, context is important, but he still did the murdering. Manslaughter is manslaughter, right? So, or murder. Just be murder. Whatever. So should, should Spike be held responsible for those murders? I think it's hard because it does seem like he's triggered and also that he has no memories of it after the fact. Because if he remembered after the fact, he could have asked for help. But, like, Mm. so he's sort of, you know, almost being, like, taken over by something and he has no memory of it. So how can he control that? Yeah. But also it seems real fucked up. Like, maybe it's also his fault. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The first hasn't targeted anyone else like this. True. So, yeah. It is a leap of faith on her, on Buffy's part, you know, to, like, believe him. Mm. For sure. It does seem like he was struggling a little bit. Like uh, He I, definitely was. So he could have gone to Buffy, although I'm sure that's the last thing you want to do is admit to the person that you're, like, crazy in love with that, hey, I think that, you know, who's also sworn duty to kill your kind. She threw that out in this episode, which I was yeah. like, that was a little uh, jarring. I was like, she wanted to turn her into one of your kind? I was like, whoa, when did we, whoa, I thought we've come so far. Are we like, know. you know, we're doing this? But fair enough. Uh, anyway. She's I mean, also kind of mean. So, like, I mean, it, it's like yeah. he's going to open up his heart and she's going to be like, shut up. And that's got to be tough. <laughs> so. This chip, they did to me. I couldn't help it. But the soul I got on my own. For you. 
So yeah, I go and pass the time with someone. But that's all it is, is time. It's got to help me, Buffy. It's still all about you. He's clearly under a spell. I think that if he was one of our like real uncomplicated friends, even though I don't know if we have those anymore. I guess Xander. If he was Xander um, and Xander was put under a spell and then killed someone, are we going to hold Xander responsible for that? No, right? No. I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about this a lot, you know, with with uh, the pack and stuff like that, where like you remember, and sure. some yeah, of yeah. them we have ones that are gas leaks where you don't remember, and so it's kind of cool that this is a combination of the two, where you get kind of each, right? So like he's, we would have to say he's not culpable because he was under a spell by the first he didn't remember, but then he did remember somehow because of tchotchkes that remind him, I guess, but like. You know, so now he does remember and he feels remorse. We believe that. Buffy mm. believes it. So, like, that's one step forward. But then Buffy's, you know, Miss Sheriff. So, like, I don't know. Do you put him down? I, you could make a good case for killing him because he's done really bad things. And he's, like, a liability. But I guess that's what the end of the episode kind of intones is, like, okay, we're going to keep him close because that's going to lead maybe the first to us because they are obviously, you know, all over Spike. So if they're over Spike maybe they'll show up here and we can figure out how to beat them. Right. Is that her mm. logic? That's all I can assume. Cause otherwise if this was a normal person, like even a friend or a, like a sort of friend of the group, I feel like you would, you could make a case to kill them. Cause they're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what I would, you know, kind of make this, I don't, I mean, it's not analogous because we don't have magic in our real world, but like, okay, what if you're really drunk? Yeah. Right. Or super high. Right. We would still absolutely, by human laws, I know those don't necessarily apply because, you know, Buffy's the law and it, whatever. But, like, Stacia, if somebody was, like, out, out of their fucking mind, temporarily insane on drugs or whatever, and they kill someone, they're getting charged, right? You're, you're going to fucking jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I know it's not 100% one-to-one, but, like, you said, you okay, Spike should be held responsible. Maybe he shouldn't. But, like, he's already also killed hundreds, if not thousands True. of people in his True. life. True. So, it's like... What's one more? It wasn't really his fault. I feel like he has an eternal past because if we're not going to give him, kill him, put him down for all the murders he's already committed, I, I don't think we're going to start now when he has a minor relapse because of a drug. Well, if you start here, if you start here, you got to roll down to LA and take care of Angelus. So it's like, you just That's what I'm start killing everyone. That's what I'm saying. This is a can of worms. I know. I, can't I do this. think Buffy probably should. Yeah. You, I think, think, you think Angel's a, a fucking. Loose cannon? Absolutely. He is. Time and time again, that fucker goes off the Dude. leash. Yeah. Over and over. We never Every time he does way more damage than Spike. <laughs> Spike is most lethal with the first influencing him. I swear to God. Uh-huh. It's oh, true. Totally. Like, how many people did he kill before when he was, like, the big bad of the season or whatever when he was there with Drusilla? Like, like two. two people. <laughs> and competent. He's so competent and, like, quiet and stealthy. Yeah, he's, like, way better with the first. Way better vampire. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Spike hasn't killed anyone uh, in, like, three years. Yeah. Angel killed someone probably yesterday. Like, that dude Mm -hmm. was like, whoops, fuck, lost my soul again. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on to that. Got sucked into another dimension. Killed a bunch of people. Oh, no. Nora? (laughs) I think you're right. I think Had some lusty thoughts and just left. (laughs) (laughs) I think Bobby needs to go down to L.A. and fucking kick some Yes. (laughs) That's a story. Uh... Speaking of Buffy, find me some evidence that he did this or find me some proof that he didn't. Do you think that Buffy actually believes Spike is killing people at any point prior to the reveal? Stacia. 
Do you think she? Do you think she actually thinks Spike is killing people until she gets to the basement? I think she does, but she also doesn't want to believe it. Yeah. Okay, so she she thinks it's possible at least, right? No, I think she thinks he is. Oh, okay. But she's also hoping she's wrong. Gotcha. Daniel, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole point of like talking about the chip and stuff, and because even like it's even Xander being like, you know, do you think he's just faking? You know, I think he's kind of saying Buffy I think you're you're trying to walk yourself into like it's definitely not Spike but you know it very much could be Spike Spike could just yeah. be lying about it all he could be lying about his soul be lying about everything like this yeah, is Spike that's a great point. so like just keep that in the back of your mind and I think she's just trying to be hopeful that he didn't but she she has to know and that's why she tracked him so you know she was on it like right away because I think she knew so it she at least firmly believes it's a possibility, right? Like, if she doesn't 100% believe he did it, she knows that there's absolutely a good chance he did. So I'm curious why she left him alone <laughs> with Sander and Anya <laughs> if she thought he was a potential threat. Daniel, why would Buffy leave a loose cannon in it's the company of her friends? the same reason that Angel is not going to go get killed, because when you're with <laughs> friends, you're family. So we're good. <laughs> No, I mean honestly, like it's silly, but like it's true. Like they're main characters; they're they're just good. There really isn't a good logic to it because, really, if he was a bloodthirsty, which she doesn't believe that, right? She doesn't believe that Spike is like, I don't know, like plotting to kill them or do any of that stuff. Like, if something's going on, it's I guess got to be connected to this other supernatural force. I don't know. I, I don't know how much Buffy. They have been talking about the big bad. Since almost the mm-hmm. get of this episode of the season. Oh yeah. So like I think that's always in the back of the mind. So in that case, it's like okay, well, but then again, why wouldn't the first target your friends? So yeah, maybe it's a bad idea. That's what I'm saying. Them. I know. Yeah. There's it seems no... risky. Any way you slice it. Crazy. But did she actually think he was possessed by the first at that point? They don't know. They know so little, and it's crazy because it's episode eight. They have like no leads. No one's really looked into this. They just know they just keep repeating from beneath you it devours. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but like, she doesn't know what's going on with him. But she thinks he might be killing people. Circumstances, yeah. you know, don't don't really matter. She thinks he might be killing people. So clearly, something has changed. And hearing voices, and she's like, hey, he'll be fine. She knows the voices though. She's yeah, she knows he's talk. fucking nuts. I mean, yeah. Hey, it's fine. They've been, I mean, for what it's worth, if you're going to leave him with a rando, uh, not that Xander is, it's probably best to leave him with someone who isn't a rando. Like, theoretically, Xander has experience with these kind of things. It's true. (laughs) Well, I think, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like, look, Buffy recognizes that Spike still has feelings for her. What is Spike not going to do? Kill her friends. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're kind of just like, yeah. yeah, completely off limits. And, also, he hasn't attacked them. He's been killing random people that they don't know and have never interacted with. So I don't think you would necessarily look at it and think, ah, they fit his victim profile. Yeah. Hmm. That's true. That's true. Did punch Xander, uh, so that's tough. But that's normal. So we let that slide. You deserved oh, yeah. it, honestly. Uh, we we always we like to punch Xander. Yeah. Yes, we do. That's fine. Do you, do you think that Buffy is truly trying to be CSI, a totally objective, I just want to know if there's a murderer on the loose. It, the fact that it's Spike doesn't relevant. Do you think that she's like disappointed that he might be killing people because she wants better of him? She wants to believe he is good. He is like changing. He's trying to be a better person. Or is she expecting this? Like, yeah, of course, Spike's fucking killing people. Let's just get the proof and let's get it done. Stacia, is she disappointed or expectant? 
that's probably not the right way use of that word. Trying to put myself in Buffy's position, I don't know if either of those words would be the right emotion, but like a sick feeling that this person that you've let like get close to you and close to your sister is mm-hmm. like, you know, doing this fucked up thing and like you have to know one way or the other if it's happening and like you kind of know that it is happening but you really don't want it to be and that kind of thing. Maybe it's more like a dread feeling. Yeah, right? dread. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Like you just really don't want this thing to be true. Yeah, but you think it probably is. Yeah, that probably doesn't feel great. You looked like you were on the prowl. You can't know that. Uh, Stacia, why didn't Buffy immediately confront Spike? What do you mean? Like, why not go point? to him? Like, um, so that it's the same night, right? It's conversations with dead people. She goes to Sanders' place and she's like, where's Spike? I don't know. He's creature of the nighting. Oh, mm-hmm. whoops. He just walked in the door. Okay. Uh, why not be like, yo, motherfucker? I think Daniel even mentioned this at the top. Yeah. Why aren't you? What are you, are you fucking killing people? What are you, where have you been? What's going on? Okay, would you really expect him to be like, yeah, I have been? <laughs> totally true point. And then he's going to try harder to like hide what he's doing, or would you wait and follow him and see if he's actually doing it? Yeah. 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 She no, wanted I mean, a reaction, he, and he obviously didn't he could give lie. it to her, right? So Yeah. It's like, okay, well, he didn't do it. Cool so is cool know. whip. Yeah. That's right. That is what he says. Okay, but Daniel yeah. is Buffy now, culpable. Cap- yeah, culpable. That was the word I used for the theme of more this. murders. Also capable of murder. Yes. Uh, yeah, for for line girl, for line <sighs> hussy. Uh, her oh, death. Yeah. Because if, if Buffy would have confronted Spike immediately, or again, not bizarrely lost him in the crowd somehow. Here's what I was Unless uh, that was the first all along and Buffy never found him. Nora! Listen, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> we all remember when she pushed Ted off the staircase. And she we went to the police station and turned herself in. I she think did. this warrants the same degree of seriousness. She should go and turn herself into jail because she <laughs> got lost in a crowd when she shouldn't have. I mean, honestly, she saw him the whole time. You could see him on the screen the whole time. And then just the all of a sudden. Bleach blonde hair. All of a sudden, she just lost him. That's negligence. She's not very good at her job, <laughs> and she needs to go to jail. She needs to actually turn herself in, she, she do the right thing. I cannot believe that she just blinked on alleyways. And even. he's gone. What are we doing? Where did all these people come from? Honestly, I'd be like crowd control. Where are the police, really? All those people in South Korea, they got killed, you know, in that like small alleyway. I could see it happening here. There are so many people in this town. Where did they come There's from? There's too many. Get them out of here. I, we- where did they go? I didn't mind being alone with them before. What was that? Yeah, that's all I really have to ask you. Unless you wanted to talk about anything else. Nora! No? No, is there something I missed? I don't think I missed. Again, this there was not a whole lot of content in this episode. So we have established that Buffy is responsible for the death of that alley girl. Um, you know, and that Amy Mann was in the episode. R.I.P. that alley girl. <laughs> R.I.P. that alley girl. Does she have a name? She deserved better. No. Uh, well, I'm about to give her one in our brief round of reasonable or ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's already a theme song for our different show. Yeah, you can't do that. That's illegal. Uh, I call her Line Girl, but yes. So a woman waiting in line to get into a club is approached by a strange man and willingly walks into a dark alley with him one second after meeting him. Reasonable or ridiculous? Reasonable if she's a hooker. <laughs> Excellent point, Daniel. Reasonable or ridiculous? There would be what gets Buffy off right there. That is ridiculous. I can't believe that he could talk to a woman and get her to go to an alley faster than Buffy can get through a crowd crowd. of people in the small town of Sunnydale. 
I mean, it was so. So if, if he, if so she, fast. if she, if he can get that girl out of there like that, and she can prove that, then I think she's out of jail. She, if she gets the right attorney, get her. She can get off. Reasonable if she's a lady of the night. All right. So Spike thinks that random people at the bronze will remember seeing any of his victims. Station reasonable or ridiculous? So stupid. <laughs> Ridiculous, Daniel. Reasonable, ridiculous. It's the worst. It's the. I did love the <laughs> montage, though. I really liked him talking. Spike. And knowing what we know now about extras getting paid, you know, they had two people in a row that were just like shake their heads because they're not going to get paid the extra money because if you have a right. speaking line, you're getting paid. And then right. they just had this random girl be like, "No, I've never seen her." That's all she said. And I'm like, "She just got paid, paid. paid. You, just, you just paid that. You just paid her like eighteen, like twelve hundred bucks for saying a line." You could have just had her shake her head, like the rest of them. Nope. Anyway, she got that paper. Insane. Good for her. A- absolutely ridiculous. One of the dumbest things in the whole world. But got us to the bronze. <laughs> it where did. Could assault that lady up on the top we... of you know in front of everyone, and nobody did anything. It's amazing. On the sexy catwalk, where we could watch Amy Mann perform Incredible. her music. Finally, there's an entire boardwalk in Sunnydale with a giant club and everything that we've never seen or even <laughs> mentioned before. Reasonable, ridiculous. Haven't we seen it before? Remember that scene where Buffy and Dawn walk in front of an old Navy for 20 minutes? Ooh, in season six when they're returning all yeah. their stolen goods. Perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. Okay, let's focus is... on the club specifically. Daniel, reasonable or ridiculous? <laughs> ridiculous. There's no way that it can have this vibrant of a night scene when the bronze barely gets any. It's No, there's no, there's no way. There's we no would have been here before. You think so? This is probably the one that serves actual alcohol. I mean, they serve alcohol. But the, the bronze, bronze does sometime and not. It kind of yeah. I don't know. Spike had to bring his are. own flask to this one. Maybe this is the underage nightclub. Then <laughs> also, it raises the question of like Amy Mann, who is a uh, as we said, Oscar losing, Grammy winning artist. <laughs> you would have to again pay tickets to go into the bronze. So did Spike yeah. buy a ticket to the Amy Mann concert so we could do his investigation, or did he, or did he go into? The bronze to go drink, and then Amy Mann just happened to be playing. Is she just a bar band in this world, or are we buying tickets? You see, because if you're going up to the scaffolding, that's great. That's a great spot. The totally. shots we saw up there, oh my god, what a great place! And nobody's to watch a there. Concert. Yeah, no one's no. there. I can assault a woman up there, and no one will ever see <laughs> oh me. Although there are people there, but they won't do anything. It's great. <laughs> but did they all have to pay for tickets? I mean. Come on, what are we doing? I thought we weren't going to talk about her anymore, but Amy Mann might have been the most interesting part of this episode, for better or worse. Also, I want to say, Michelle Branch had more of a crowd. It's just the reality. I know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they really did set it up to be like, here's this person. We are not really sure who she is, but she's the one playing at the bronze tonight for free. Okay. Oh, God. Excellent. Okay. Well. Well, at this point, she was an Oscar loser. No name. Oh, yeah. Just get her out of here. Rando. Come on. (laughs) Well, uh, well played, both both contestants. Great job, great job. I think you both won that round of Reasonable or Ridiculous. Um, now we will take this opportunity to remind you that we're a real podcast, and you can find us everywhere, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and always for- forget, always forget. Also, we have a Gmail, <laughs> beatmepod, oh at gmail.com, so you can send us <laughs> electronic mail at your leisure. We also have a website, beatmepod.wordpress.com. <laughs> that's what? I was going to say, that's especially great for anyone in England, since we know you guys don't have phones. Oh, hey it's true. Miss Horseness, never forget. Uh, at bbpod.wordpress.com, you can find notes about our episodes of this podcast. There's also 
a link on that website to a Spotify playlist that I create just for you that contains music from oh, no. uh, this television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as well as music from this podcast, If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. If you don't want to go to our website to find that link, you can go directly to Spotify and type in... That's really mean. Um, fun time playlist for podcast fans. Season 7. Yeah, you did it! Except you didn't say beat me first, but yeah, I'm going to close That's it off. So. Close. <laughs> great close. job! <laughs> it's, it's okay. Next week. You did a great You'll job. next time. <laughs> what is it? It's beat me hyphen fun time playlist for podcast oh. fans. Season 7. Moving on. Great job. Great try. Great job. <sighs> uh, it's time for yelling. I mean, gosh, do I even have anything to say? I'm pretty sure I just wrote Amy Mann over and over and over again. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know her name, and I never want to know her name. Well, it's too late. I think you, it, I, you know, I would say you'll, now you'll never forget it, but you absolutely, absolutely will. Uh, Daniel, you want to go first? Yeah. Do you think um, that Xander has ever opened a door faster in his life after a 4.30 a.m. Okay, knock on the door from Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself? This must either be a dream of his or a dream come true. This might be <laughs> the everything. moment. The moment. Yeah. I gosh. I nope, she's just here to talk about Spike. <laughs> because of course she is. Tough. And I mean, this will never happen. She does work nights. It's not that weird, is it? Mm, true. That's true. That's true. But you wouldn't wake up your friend unless it's serious. But I guess he yeah. would be used to that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you wouldn't assume the, know, the great booty call. But, but he no. did kind of perk up when he heard it was Buffy. So. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Xander. I mean, not poor Xander. Nora! Nora? The Vampire Slayer. Doesn't have quite the same ring as Buffy. I mean, maybe just because we're used to it, but I don't know. Do you respect Nora, the Vampire Slayer? Is Nora a Vampire Slayer? She was a potential, I guess. So, no. How do we know that? Well, see, we're supposed to... I assumed that she was another potential. Then why is Giles there? Because her, the Watcher, the guy, it was a Watcher... And, and Nora, and Giles was checking on his Watcher friend, who's the Watcher of Nora, who's dead. No, because potentials don't have Watchers. Yeah, they do, right? Yeah, I they mean, could. Buffy didn't. Yeah, okay. I don't know, but I assumed. We'll I never get to know. Nora's not a vampire slayer, and I think, honestly, Nora is a fake identity for a woman. I think there's a whole backstory there. It's oh, sketchy shit. as hell. I don't trust this normal woman, is <laughs> what I'm going to say. Let's do, you, go. do you have any ideas on what she might be plotting? Yeah, I think that she's evil. Oh, okay. Yeah. You think Nora was actually a plant by the first to lure Giles there? Yes, I do. Oh, my. Oh my. I think spoilers, she was a plant. I'm be and I so think that furious. and I think that she was there as a decoy to distract the unrobed man so that he's like, Oh Nora, if that's even your real name the as the robed man. man comes up behind him and then murders him. You know he has a name. And then I don't. And <laughs> and then <laughs> Rob, his name Robson. is Robson. Yeah, that's I mean, confusing. Honestly, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the unrobed, unrobed man. <laughs> so the unrobed Robson was distracted by the illegitimate Nora. The illegitimate And then the robed man, not known as Robson, <laughs> comes up behind him. I think the robed man, not known as Robson, is in cahoots <laughs> with the illegitimate Nora. And this is all <laughs> to try to get Giles to get murdered. My goodness. Is what I think. It's, well, that all connects for me. You never trust Anora. Sorry. Oh, I didn't know that was going to be so fruitful. I know. <laughs> not fruitful that. at all. I mean, I just, that was excellent. Uh, now you have to yell. I mean, that was good enough. Mm. But um, Anya's shirt in this episode is fucking horrific. It's just like a weird it's honestly, negative space dick. It's honestly more terrifying than um, 
spike killing 10 people. It, uh, yeah, it's just squiggles that form a weird, potentially phallic shape. Uh, it's like nothing can defeat the penis. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Oh, like a yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of. Okay. Okay, one person's compared it to a dick, one person's compared it to a curtain. I think my point stands. <laughs> Fucking horrific. What is it? She's wearing a dick curtain, okay? <laughs> That's the answer. She's Not wearing great. a dick curtain. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, Daniel? Willow looked up uh, when they asked her about, what is it, um, looking up dead people with neck trauma. Right. Mm -hmm. And presumably went through the entirety of Sunnydale's medical infrastructure. We learn in a moment that she's just (laughs) looking at the police web page, but she just goes through and I clocked it. I I go, I went back and I did my stopwatch because I wanted to see how long it took from her to start typing for her to say no. And it was 2.56 seconds. (laughs) She took 2.56 seconds. She crawled all of Sunnydale. (laughs) She said no. And then she's, and then she caveated that by saying, there's been no increase in those injuries, which could mean that it's catastrophic, but okay. it's catastrophic every week. But there's okay. no increases. But let's say that she is a very smart person who 2. knows 6. that it would be easy to tell if there was an increase in the vampire population by tracking the statistics of neck trauma on a weekly basis and therefore knew there had been no increase but did not regularly track missing persons reports because even though she's a smart person, she's also <laughs> very stupid. <laughs> 2.56 seconds. That's so fast. There's I mean, no it way. did really seem like check for the, No. I didn't even finish. No, it's no. No. (laughs) Well, if Spike is biting people again, then shouldn't there be more dead people with neck trauma? Right? And we can find that. No. No, we can't find that, but that's easy. The computer's a moron. What have, what if Spike had been into Anya's advances? Like, do you think think they would have done it? Yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, really, what stopped him? Because he's hung up on Buffy? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Also, she was being incredibly weird. Yeah, but I don't think that really oh. put him off. He was no. mostly just like, I can't because Buffy, not this, you're being fucking weird right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. Poor Anya. She was really hurt. Is that a steak? Yes. Kinky. Back to the neck trauma scene. I thought it was hilarious when Anya said that computer is a moron. It's as if that one specific computer is an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I've never <laughs> thought about them like that. Yes, that is that yeah, computer. She should be able to do it faster. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, going my wave. Um, we during the wedding episode went really deep on all of the decor in Xander's house, but we keep oh, right. seeing yeah, yeah, new yeah. stuff. So he's got a this poster called "Going My Wave," and then we see an Orange Coast College represented. Uh, so I looked up "Going My Wave." Turns out it is actually a real movie. Um, it's directed by a guy named John Severson, who apparently is considered the most influential person in the history of sp- surfing. Uh, he oh. was the first person to do a surf, do a surf magazine. He invented surf art. Uh, he was the first person to make surfing movies, what including is surf this one. Art? It like just like waves and just that kind of stuff. I mean, they're all pretty cool. Like it's, it's like paintings, but they're like kind of abstract. You know, this was during the '60s hmm. too, so it's kind of like psychedelic. And a lot of people that got influenced by him would then make posters, those famous posters for like the Grateful Dead and stuff. Those really trippy hmm. ones. They a lot of them, like the one one of those that guy, like one of the main guys, was a huge surf guy who was like one of his best friends and did a lot of art for him for his surf magazine. But anyways, this right here, this it's hard to see on on you know just watching the screen but 
it's a real movie. However, you cannot find it anywhere on YouTube. I like, I don't know if it even really exists His other movies. You can kind of sneak, do a little sneak peeks and stuff. I cannot find this one for the life of me. However, this poster is super popular and like, you can mm. still buy it new for like 60 bucks. And apparently oh, wow. huge um, because yeah, they said the, the, one of the websites that tracks surfing posters said that this one was put up in 1962 for the movie and they were taken down almost immediately because they're so cool. Nobody had ever seen a wave like that size before, but that's, you know, going my wave. And then also I was like, orange coast college sounds fake as shit. Totally fucking real. It's real. It's actually a, it's actually a college in Costa Mesa, which is South of Los Angeles, Huntington beach area. So it's way far away in theory from Sunnydale, but, um, it was real. And you, you could have gone there on May 22nd and 23rd, 1962 at 815. It costs $1.25 for admission. And if you, uh, the door prize uh, at a raffle, you could win um, a giant photo mural, I presume, of this poster. Shit. Uh, if you went. So we missed it by about 60 years. So tough. <laughs> Damn, so close. T- tough, tough, tough look for us. That's missed, actually super cool. Like, how many people have that poster like the orange coast college screening of going my way fucking poster who drew where did that even that's great that's somebody just in the art department is like man i have this this cool fucking poster that's that's what i'm that's what i wonder and because the one you could buy online the one that's like at the surf websites like because there's a couple places i looked up they're all the santa monica one the santa monica santa monica civic auditorium is the one that's like the generic one that's the one that you Mm. can Buy. But the Orange Coast one, I only found one website that had like a a little shot of it. So it's not something that like you can buy, you know, hmm. this Orange Coast one. So the Orange Coast one is, the, is weird. The one, the Santa Monica one is the one you would get in like uh, if you were making a surfing movie today or something and wanted to show, hey, my guy's a surf guy. I'm sure this would be one of those posters that a surfer would have. But it would huh. probably be the Santa Monica one because that's the one that they still make today. But the Orange Coast, that's pretty cool. I've never even heard of Orange Coast college but it's real so what a fun tidbit thank you for that my goodness do you okay well <laughs> never mind how many times you has anya bit xander's it. ass oh wow yeah oh probably a lot i don't want to think about that is that a, a nice is that nice Would what you do you guess what number do you guess three i guess more than 20 <laughs> more I than 20? 46 40 wow okay they're just biting ass all, all day. <laughs> just get, he just can't wait to get home from his construction job to bite some ass. I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, everybody, you know, they like what they like, but goober. I will say, I will say, I li- that was also funny. I forgot that was. That was <laughs> wouldn't funny. be the first time. The two of them are funny. Better be, because if I get vamped, I'm gonna bite your ass. Wouldn't be the first time. What was that? The only thing that I have left, and I want to preface this by saying when we first watched the episode and I made my notes for this show was like, I don't know, a month ago. Uh, I wrote, very large closet. I don't remember what that's about. Oh, that's Spike's bedroom. This is your bedroom. It's a closet. That's your. It's where you sleep now or whatever. This is where you live now. Oh, yeah. That is a very yeah. large closet. It's a huge closet. It's an enormous yeah. closet. That's a fucking oh, massive closet. That's fully a bedroom. That's about as big as your bedroom was at the Flavel house. Well, that I was know. almost oh, a yeah. closet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, yeah, and that that was way bigger. That's that's a that's a real room. <laughs> I mean, there just on. happens to be a, a coat rack in it. So what? Yeah. So what? Mm. Fuck it. Um, oh. I deleted the photo, but um, <clears throat> Anya was reading a what I thought was a Newsweek 
magazine. So then I proceeded to go through the last 30 years of Newsweek to try to find (laughs) the cover. And on the cover is a woman. Now, uh, if you just like glance at it, you're going to say Monica Lewinsky just because it kind of like it's got the short hair and Mm. like this is close enough to to that. And, And you see the word sex. That's pretty much the one word you know for sure. And then later on with enhancements, I could I could tell it was sex and power in America, right? That sex power America. Those are what I could find. So I there's pretty good websites that kind of keep track of like the the titles of each one of the Newsweeks. So I, I searched those over the last 30 years, could not find that combination of words. So I took every single one of the ones that mentioned sex and I just put them into Google to see if it was that. No hits. And mm. I was like, okay, I'm discouraged. I'm mad. Okay. But 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 it's like with the art news and all the art ones from a couple of weeks ago i was like maybe i'll see it again maybe whatever whatever then we get fucking xander okay he is hanging out here and you can tell he's looking at a magazine right sports well that's what you think but on the side here oh yeah that's right i can zoom in on the side you'll notice yeah you see Mm -hmm. magnum right okay so i'm like okay cool magnum right so i search magnum magazine no such thing thing it's not a real not a real magazine so totally fake now, I was like, I know that font, though. That font is Maxim magazine. Right. And obviously, you've got a girl, uh, a swimming suit girl on the front. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm just going to go through every single episode, every single issue of Maxim, like all the covers, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> and I did. And I found out that Elijah Descu was on the May 2001 issue, ah, issue number sure. 41. Okay. Uh, but turns out Magnum's not real. Maxim is real. And, and right. then I was like, why does this have the Maxim font? And I think it's Maxim. And then I saw, which I, obviously it's pretty easy to read, the best thing to happen to men. So I typed right. that in. And sure enough, that is the Maxim thing, except Tag theirs on. is the best thing to happen to men since women. So I was like, okay, so you just cut off a little bit of it. And then it all hit me. And I was like, oh, you guys went out of your way because they have been doing that this season. And making your own fucking artwork. They just made mm-hmm. these two magazines. They just used the Newsweek font. They used the Maxim font. They just didn't want to license like Rocky Flintstone. They didn't want to yeah, use yeah. They Rocky the real thing. Sure. So I was blown away. But I'm glad that I saw that because I was like losing my mind. I was like, this can't be that hard to find. Yeah. I can look at every cover of Newsweek and it's like, how would I not be able to tell? It would only be within the last couple of years, you know, or this time frame. So anyways, they are making their own magazines at Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I love it. <laughs> So is Xander presumably just eating and staring at the cover? <laughs> you know he can't read. <laughs> He's just like boobs and just like keeps going. Looks down boobs. again. Ah, oh, boobs. TV dinner, boobs, TV dinner. <laughs> I mean, honestly, what else is going on in his head? I know. What am I going to do? I think about sex all the time. Sex. Help. Four times five is 30. Five times six is 32. Naked girls. Naked women. Naked Buffy. Oh, stop me. God, Xander, is that all you think about? Actually, bye. I wonder if they took a really old issue and that's why you couldn't find it, right? Like they took an issue from like 1993 and then just doctored it, you know? That's what I thought too. So then I went through the entirety (laughs) of the Sports Illustrated (laughs) covers because I thought it was Sports Illustrated that they, I thought that they did that. I thought that it was a collage. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to find this girl, red bikini, I don't know when this is from, but again, I'm not going to look through every sports. I'm just going to look at the covers. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't go back, you, you know, you can kind of tell it's like at least from like the year 1990. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I just went back to 1990 and I just went through to 2002. So it's not like a lot of research. It's just, I thought the same thing like this. Yeah. It's probably a photo that you could 
if we had better technology or you can kind of even read any of the font, I just can't read it. You know, I turn yeah. this around. It's just impossible to read any of those headlines either. So, yeah, they did a good job Damn of it. like obscuring it enough, you know. So and for infuriating. what? I guess you would have to pay somebody. I mean, that's why they we have a, the fake beer. We have the, you know, all the stuff. I know. I know. Holy shit, man. Amazing. Yeah. Very impressive. When we first opened, because uh, I was already really bored. I was like, where are we in London, England? So I was like, I'm going to find where we are in oh, London. God. And I found it. Silver found Creek? It. Oh, I found it. I found exactly where we are, 100%. So this is Tell me. This is the shot. And then here is currently, as of 2019, the same shot. Oh. Holy so shit, kinda, man. So I'll go through the two. So there's the one. And it's still got the same, you know, London, the little box, the little... It's telephone box, called? Yeah. Telephone box thing, yeah. So it's the same not place. Um so it is uh, outside of tr- – it's not hard to find. So I looked up the restaurant. So you can tell this place is called the Silver Cross. So it took four seconds. Silver Cross, where are we? Trafalgar, Trafalgar Square. Of course uh, we're at And we're looking, down, we're looking down White, White Hall Road. So you can see the Silver Cross that's there. And in the shot that you see in London, you've got obviously our little policeman. You can see a McDonald's there. You can see a little thing that says little and you can't really tell what it is. And then you can see the Silver Cross. So I did find that. The Silver Cross is still around. The telephone box is still around. The building that's right, like if we're looking at it, the building that the policeman is standing in front of, that Mm -hmm. is actually the South African High Commission Home Affairs Consular Section. So if you need to get in contact with South Africa. You can mm-hmm. you can do that. The McDonald's, however, this is going to be very sad. So um, strap in. In 2020, it was still there. The pandemic hit that one hard. It's gone. It is currently <laughs> oh, closed. No! As of 2020, the whole building has been renovated. It's gone. So the whole thing is. And in fact, a lot of this has changed um, in in these 20 years. So or this could actually just be stock footage as well. So this could even be longer. So that is gone. And right in front of it, you see the little, and you can kind of make out that it is. Italy? A little, a little Italy, right? But it's not Italy. Mm. It's going to be a little Sicily. So little oh. Sicily, it, well, I, which I couldn't really tell until in the Google Maps that today, if you just scroll over, so if you're looking at our angle to our left, to, immediately to our left, little Sicily has moved immediately to our left. So you can go to little <laughs> Sicily right now, immediately to your left. Um, and next to it is a place called American Candy Company. There is a wall, and I mean a wall, that's like seven or eight rows deep head or from the top of the ceiling on down of Takis. They are selling Takis. Inside are advertisements for Jelly Belly, Reese's, Oreos, Twinkies, Icebreakers gum, and Swedish fish. So I don't know if they can't get these. I don't know why they're in the American Candy Company place. This whole place seems so kitschy. I would never want to go there. It seems horrible. Across from the Silver Cross is the Trafalgar Theater. They are currently playing Jersey Boys, so if you want to get your tickets. And then next to that is an old, what used to be an old pub called, I love this name, the Lord Moon of the Mall. Cool name. And it was a traditional English pub is what it was. It closed down, I think it was in 2017, 2018, and now the place is called the Horse and Guardsman. Super cool. It's got a cool little sign with like a an old knight and, you know, doing stuff. You're like, oh, cool. It's just a normal pub. And then you look at the decor. There are four Jacksonville Jaguars flags flying. What? And they've got a huge banner, you know, because they do the Duval. Duval County is where the Jaguars play. Okay. So their thing is Duval with like seven U's. So they got a huge Duval banner out front. So there's just like, it's called the Horse and Guardsmen, but it's clearly a Jacksonville Jaguars bar. 
Why? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> so it's like, this is an enormous pass for me. But anyways, this was a real place. I'm just glad. I'm glad we did it. So if you want to go and see Holy this, shit. It's just go to Trafalgar Square and just look down Whitehall and you can. And then just yell, you know, Duval! Put... <laughs> Duval! <laughs> Bortles! Anyways. I mean, he doesn't play for them anymore, but. I don't. <laughs> he does not. <laughs> and they just made the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm sure they're fucking stoked as shit out there. So Yeah, um, at the Horse and Guardsman. What the fuck? At the Horse and Guardsman. So, anyways, there's your um, your English, your England updates. Although Jesus. they don't have telephones. That is a fake thing, obviously. So This is the content that people deserve. All these yeah. little nuggets. I mean. The work that you've put in. It was fun. Well, it was very easy, but it was fun. (laughs) What? That's it? You're not at least going to, like, leave me a a crossbow or a flamethrower, something to protect myself? Okay, well, uh, I mean, you've already illuminated us so much on all these facts about things, but could you tell me about some some watches, about our show? Like, you know, the things that we track? I can, I can. Uh, Xander Construction Outfit watch? No, but he's got to go to work. You would presume. You would presume. He's got a hard hat. Yeah. When he grabs his hat, hard He's hat to go to his hard hat meeting. with his, I suit. was thinking about his butt, so I must have <laughs> missed that part. No, I would, I, I would presume that he was going to put on his stuff, but then he put on a suit because he has a client yeah. meeting. But then he's going to wear his hard grabbed. hat too. I hate that. I don't. Together, I'm sad. Well, that's that why I you pointed it out because, like, why the fuck? If you're going to a client meeting, you're not going to be on site more than likely. Although, I guess you could. You could <laughs> yeah, be checking. Could be out. I don't around. fucking know. And maybe Whatever. he's very particular about his hard hat because he would be. Um, maroon jacket watch, Anya belt alert, no. Buffy is in comfy sweaters Dick with enormous shirt. collars that do, do protect from the biting, I assume. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Anya does not. She she doesn't have a belt at all. She's just wearing no. pants. Just a Dick Curtin shirt. Dick Cur- Well, that and then later she was just wearing jeans with a midriff shirt or whatever. Dawn's piercing screams hardly in the episode. No, she didn't scream at all that I can tell. Chips Ahoy, yeah, explicitly. Um, Buffy is sure the chip works. Xander says, don't you believe it could be an act? Uh, and then, you know, Spike yells out, not the chip, damn it. So, yeah, lots of chip talk. <laughs> uh, little is bad. Do we even fight vampires anymore? Sorry, Kelly. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, Vamp yeah. heavy episode. This one, there's a lot of them. Um, you love to see yeah. it. Um, Buffy has a personality. Yeah, so this is where I looked up uh, what... That disease that you get where you're uh, you can't recognize faces. That's what I assume oh, happened to in the crowd. Buffy when in the crowd she just lost track. Yeah. So, anyways, I think she has a case of that because she lost track of Spike. Like Is that a idiot. personality? Yeah, that's just like a fact. I don't know if that's like a. Personality. <laughs> that's true. It's well, a condition. I like that you're trying condition. for our girl though. <laughs> it, might, it would just be. It would just be no. I mean, I did. I did say earlier she doesn't know who Amy Mann is. I guess that could be. That's not. That's more of a fact too. Not so much personality. You know, at this point we're stretching. We're stretching. Uh, De Hoffman watch. No, we'll never see him again. Most valuable weapon: Sunnydale cell phones. Yeah. Um, although I do have a question here. So Buffy using the cell phone to talk to Xander. Has she already cut the cord at the home, at the summer's home? Do we no longer? Because she is like presumably talking in the house on her cell phone to Xander. But I don't know. That would also be personality wise. She's ahead of the curve. Cord cutting wise, which is pretty cool. I feel like we're going to see that phone again. I feel like we're going to see that white wall phone again. Okay, so she just has two phones. I mean, there was definitely an era where we all kind of were, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, but right. then Spike has the cell phone number and calls sure Buffy from the payphone. Now, did he ever learn the cell phone number? Do we ever canonically see that in the show? Like, no. does Buffy give him the cell phone? That he seems must like a, have. That seems like too much. I wouldn't do that. But no. 
I don't know. I guess so. I like um, to Michael believe Ma- that it's written in Xander's apartment somewhere, and he just stared at it until he mm, remembered, like, remembered the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Um, Michael Wicket, Amy Gothwatch. No, I don't. I, I was trying to think. I can't think of any magic being done by other uh-huh. people. So that's a no. Other than first, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there are too many damn kids in the summer's house. No, but I think we are at max capacity at this point. We have all the kids plus Spike. So we are. Mm-hmm. No one else is allowed in this house. So if anybody else shows up, there's going to be too many damn kids in this house. Well, they won't. Uh, by the fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. By the way, is Willow okay? And I said yes. For the first time, I think since her meltdown, if we can call that a meltdown, where she almost <laughs> ended the world, she choked up more at Dawn seeing Joyce than about Tara. And like mm-hmm. she – and she never – she didn't mention that Cassie came or anything, which I thought was – a nice, a nice touch in a way where she's just kind of like, I'm going to be the strong one here. And even the stuff with Tara, she like said it stoically and she kind of has a good perspective on like what happened. And I liked her even saying like, just because they were bad doesn't mean like it wasn't true. And obviously they, mm-hmm. she could just be telling herself that the same way Dawn is. And I find that to be heartening for the two of them because they, they, they must know in the back of their heads that it, it could just be an evil person telling them lies. But it is nice to think that they are out there somewhere. Mm. But, you know, she said it stoically and she she seems to be OK in a weird way um, or at least is, is you know, I don't She's know. She's definitely in problem solving mode. Like she like was able to yeah. put herself into the work and like mm-hmm. put it aside, be professional. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So that's anyways. I, but I think that's a good that's a good trait. So I think that yeah. I'm going to give her a yes on that. Uh, Books a million. I said yes. They are consulting books. Um, at first, I thought they were consulting books to uh, see if like evidence about spike i thought they were going to look on the books to see if if spike was killing people and i was like that can't be true no it's for the big bad that's right because we already know about the big bad so yeah we are books a million streets ahead yeah uh the enormous town pavilion uh where people mm-hmm. go and shop and mill about yeah you ever heard of it um the thriving nightlife in sunnydale yeah yeah um also, 634 Hoffman Terrace. Ever heard You're of it? Right. So you could have started this whole show with uh, Buffy running into Spike outside of Hoffman Terrace. And we could nope. have kicked off the whole thing right there and we could have been done. But of course not. We won't do that. And by <laughs> Giles Biggest KO, yeah, his friends are hella dead and he is in mortal peril. <laughs> Oops. His friend. Whoops. His it. friend Robeson. Not Robeson. <laughs> Robeson. Nora. And Nora, <laughs> if we can call her that. I like Nora. Nora? Everything you said before, Sasha, about the people in the robes and Nora, I kind of forgot who Nora was. So the whole time I was trying to like think of what we're even talking about. But <laughs> that whole, it sounds so crazy that it has to be true. Everything you said has to be real because I don't know what you were saying. But I, I have <laughs> Thank to you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. But now I'm going to remember Nora forever. Nora. Forever. You'll be the only one. Yeah. You've had a Nora watch the show this entire time. <laughs> Incredible. Anya, do be specific and tell a fella just exactly what you're doing here. Wow. Well, thank you for the update. You're a better goodness. watcher than Giles. Oh. Damn. Um, before I forget, another correction of multiple corrections because I mess stuff all, all the time. We had Spike as the first in this episode or the first as Spike. I remember, I like like very, uh, I can't think of the word, confident. I very confidently said either last season or beginning of this season, I was like, yeah, that's really fucked up. They don't ever utilize Spike as the first. You have a dead guy right there. Why not use him? We did. We do. He, he did. So, yep. Cool. I don't know anything about this show. Let's rank this sucker. <laughs> 
<laughs> Willow Hacks, we talk about the net slash something Wicca this way comes. I gave it a six because Willow used the internet to find out there's 10 missing people <laughs> and that there was no increase in neck ruptures in 2.56 seconds. <laughs> Dawn needs an adult. Dawn is barely in this episode, but she obviously is suspicious of Buffy and isn't telling anyone about what fake Joyce said. Plus, she hasn't even started to clean up the chaos from the night before. Not very adulty. And Willow had to tuck her into bed. Not very adulty at all. Gave her five. She's having a hard one. Monster of the Week. Spike, I guess. But, like, not really. But, like, the first, I guess. I don't know. Five. Whatever. No one woman should have all that power. Wielded by the first, the power of guilt. Courtesy of his new soul, made Spike plead for Buffy to end it all, which would have been a huge boon for the first, because Spike's the one that ultimately stops the big bad in the end. But I guess guilt wasn't quite powerful enough this time to actually stop Spike, so really nothing happened again in this nothing burger of an episode. So five for that. But honorable mention, which I'm not going to let affect the stats at all, Giles level of Giles, 20 seconds of screen time, and the man is getting fucking decapitated. So classic Giles. Uh, Relationship goodness or badness? Buffy and Spike are kind of getting closer. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't fucking know. But she moved him into the house, so I guess she trusts him to some extent. Uh, Buffy and Don, probably not going to end great. We're keeping secrets. We're keeping secrets. She clearly is just trusting Buffy. Won't talk about it. Whatever. Fine. Uh, Xander and Anya, they seem like they're getting their snarky but civil thing. Like, they seem to be like they might be friends. So that's good. Fine. We're We're all fucking fine. Five. The most average of average for this episode. Episode specific, again... Giles, did he just get his fucking head cut off? I, I like, I really wish I could remember watching this the first time to be like, oh my god, what the fuck? What is Giles? Did Giles just die? I mean, you could do do that thing where like clearly that he's not gonna die, right? I mean, they're not gonna just kill Giles in the last twenty seconds of the episode and cut the black, right? No, but that would be awesome. That, that would be epic. Um, Amazing. My episode specific is actually. As daft a notion, as soulful Spike the Killer is, it's nothing compared to the idea that some other girl could mean anything to me. This chip is something they did to me. I couldn't help it, but okay. the soul I got on my own for you. I mean, it was like, like you said, I think that the Sarah Michelle Gellar and James Marshall scenes were like the only things really worth anything in this episode because mm-hmm. they're both great actors. And he, and he w- seems so fucking sad and dejected and like hurt that like, how could you think that I would do this and like confused? He does a good job of that. Anyway, six out of 10, yeah. 32 for the episode. Not great. Eight of eight for the season. Below, appropriately, beneath you. Mm, nice. Stacia, where did you rank this episode? Have you ranked this episode? TBD. Are you currently ranking this episode? I ranked this episode 97 out of 130. I think that's fair. Yeah. It is below two to go and choices, and it's above wrecked and Anne. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I would say this is better than Anne. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and then for the plot, I wrote Spike is a serial killer early one morning. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just wrote early one more. <laughs> uh, you, you should also put mouth flute. No, because oh, yeah. I won't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was wondering, do you think that the That'll first be was like. That's Anya's. Her shirt is the, the dick curtain mouth, mouth flute. flute. Yeah, mouth put, put mouth flute dick curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. So what, what is this, like 40 below? 40 below, what's it called, Dark Age? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 40. She's writing dick curtain mouth flute. Well, you, you also have to I spelled it wrong. Un- you have to quote unquote Nora as well. There's too, ma- there's too much. There's too much. Uh, oh, yeah. You added, you added too much to this lore. 
I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, Dark Age. Okay, so Sleeper's at 97 and Dark Age is at 60. Oh, man, oh, Dark wow. Age is Honestly, down. I had originally ranked this at 58, um, oh. right above Dark Age, but then I looked below Dark Age, and I saw I only have eyes for you, and then I went, it's got to go lower. <laughs> yeah, it must go lower. <laughs> it must go lower. Good call. Dana, where'd you rank this one? This episode blows chunks. The cool stuff was <laughs> um, Spike talking like to himself. I you didn't pull your punches. <laughs> <laughs> Spike talking to himself was cool. Um, it didn't even look that fake either, which I really appreciated. Yeah. For once, they really got that. And like Buffy walking down the stairs, like she looked good. You can tell a little bit of the fading just because it's like they got the CG. But usually it's so telling that they're going to do it, but did a great job. Uh, the fight with Buffy was really great. The zombies popping on the floor was cool. Literally everything about that was really cool. I love Buffy being uh, outnumbered and then she beats everybody up. That's the best kind of fight for me. So yeah. all of that was really cool. Everything else pretty much sucked. And you could have really put it any other episode. So um, for me, I just have remaining numbers at this point. And at first I was going to, yeah, pull my punches though. And I was going to wait for something worse, but I'm not. Out of all the, the numbers that I had left, this is going to go into its worst slot. It is going to go 134 out of 137. <laughs> I am That's officially, the lowest one you had left, right? <laughs> I'm officially, yeah. So the the lowest now that I can do is 122. Um, mm. So my bottom seven, just to lay them out, 130 is Puppet Show, 131, Reptile Boy, 132, Some Assembly Required, 133, <laughs> Gone, and then this one, 134, Sleeper. Uh, this one was bad. 135, the great, you know, classic bad eggs. Um, 136, Wrecked. Because uh, it needs to be there, and 137, of course, the worst thing that's ever happened, killed by death, the worst episode. <laughs> You're such time. a fucking hater. And I thought, you know, I was gonna wait because there's a uh, an episode called The Killer in Me, and I have no idea what that's <laughs> about. But I was like, I should put that next to Killed by Death, but I can't. So, um, yeah. Anyways, 134 for me. Uh, it was really bad. Yeah, in a Jane Espenson episode. In a Jane episode. Oof. Uh, no jokes. I can't believe it. I don't want to. She write no jokes. I don't want to believe it. Let's just blame David Fury. This is I his don't want to do that either. I like him though. So, but I'm sad. They're just they just don't work together. They just can't do it. I guess not. Okay. No. Well, uh unless you have anything else to say about this episode of Television Sleeper Station, do you? I know. Daniel, do you have anything else to say about Sleeper? I don't. I think we've said it all. Amy Man, that's that's the thing to remember. Uh please join us next time for the episode Never Leave Me, which I don't know anything about. Um I'm, it's it's probably the best episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> it might be. Uh, <laughs> until then, Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. It burns, huh? But you can't admit it, so you trump up some charge about Beat Me being back to podcasting? That's right. We are back to podcasting. We're back! Not that we left, but we're We back. never left. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> we never left. <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you for Never Leaving next time. Okay, bye! In all the old familiar places That this heart of mine embraces All day